Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Not So Grateful Dead podcast. This is episode two to our Halloween special out of eight episodes that I will be giving to you back to back to back to back to back. And Creighton is also here today. Would you like to say hello? Yo. What's up, everybody? Yo. What's up, everybody? Okay, um, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> you making fun of me? I'm not. That was just very unexpected. Yo. 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 <laughs> anyways, today we're going to be reading Reddit ghost stories. Well, I'm going to be reading them to Creighton. And Goosebumps he's already. It better be. They're freaky. I'm telling you. They freaked me out. I better shit my pants. I don't know if you'll do that, but they did freak me out. Is that what that smell was the other night? <laughs> Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> oh my god. Um, do you believe in ghosts? I think so. You think so? I don't know what they consist of, you know. Like, I can't explain them. I don't know, like, I don't know if what they really are or what we perceive them to be. If you know what I mean. Yeah. But I do think there's, like, something, you know? Yeah, definitely. I don't know. I personally don't feel like I've ever had an encounter with a ghost. But I also don't know. Do you have any ghost stories that you would like to tell? I do have one that, like... Let me hear it. It really did scare me. Okay, let's hear all about it. So, when I was in high school, me and my little hood rat friends, we decided we were going to go downtown to Page Woodson High School, which, if you don't know, Page Woodson High School is the first high school in, and I think at the time it wasn't even just a high school, but it was the first integrated high school, racially integrated high school, in Oklahoma. And there were multiple drownings and deaths, like, in the school and in the pool room specifically. And... When I was in high school, this school was boarded up and, you know, it was not in the best part of town. And me and my friends decided we were going to go there in the middle of the night and go inside. And so we did. And I was the only one smart enough to bring a flashlight, right? And there's five of us. And my buddy Josh, he brings a knife. And he's like six foot two, 250 pounds, like pure muscle, biggest out of all of us for sure. And you can tell, like, he's just scared, like, scared, scared. And he's talking to whatever might be there as we're walking through this pitch black school that's, like, run down. Squatters have been in there. And we even ran into some people doing who knows what in there. And um, so we're walking down this hallway, and we see at the very end of the hallway... There's, up above these doors, it says pool room. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, like, walking, you know, I got my flashlight, and we get all the way there, and we open the door, and my flashlight goes out. And it's pitch black, we can't see anything. So we take off running, like, straight the opposite direction. And, you know, the flashlight comes right back on. And it's like, okay. You know, maybe I just bumped it or, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe it was me. Mm -hmm. So we decide we're going to go back. 
And the second we open the door again, the flashlight goes out. And of course, the second the flashlight goes out, we take off running again. And then, you know, it ends up coming back on. And I can't explain that at (laughs) all. We did not make it into the pool room. That is really scary. But what was even crazier was later on, I was working at this daycare and I told the chef, you know, as this older older black lady, her name was Wilma, and she went to the school as a student. And she said when she was a student, after I told her the story, she said, you know, when I was in that school, I saw that pool room and I saw handprints like show up on the windows. And that like terrifying. straight up gave me goosebumps. Because you know it was real. Yeah, I believe her 100%. Yeah, I remember that story. It's very scary. Couldn't be me. Could not be me. Only thing that's like really scared. <laughs> yeah. I like, could not I'm explain sure. that. It's like, ooh, no. Probably Flash shouldn't have been there to begin with, but. Yeah, probably not. Bad. It's a cool story. Bad things. Okay, well, are you ready for me to tell you some ghost stories from other people? Make me shit my pants. <laughs> I don't know if I can do that. It's my turn. But I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Creighton, are you ready to be scared? I am. I think... Ah! <laughs> oh my god. That's going to be me this whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Anyways, I got, I think, most of these stories from r slash ghost stories on Reddit. And they're pretty scary, if I might say so myself. So are you ready? I am ready. Okay. So the first one that I'm going to read you is from user so i guess it's you slash accomplish underscore add 2599 and the title of this one is my ghost story the haunted bathroom at fort irwin oh <laughs> bathrooms are scary bathrooms are scary things happen i like really am like very scared of getting killed in like the shower Oh, see, I was more thinking like the toilet. I feel like I'm more indisposed on the toilet than I am in the shower. <laughs> I've always just kind of wanted like a glass shower door. You know, I've told you like I want I want to do that in our bathroom eventually. So you and can I be think prepared for the person coming? Yeah, like I, or I, the just, ghost. I don't like that there is a curtain. I can't see what's going on outside of said curtain and it freaks me out. I don't like it. But anyways, okay. I'm gonna, if you I'm were gonna, gonna haunt somebody though, like the toilet would or the bathroom would be a funny place to do it though. I mean, yeah, I guess. But Sorry. Really freaky. Unlike mirrors and stuff, well, I don't saying, like that. But if you were doing the haunting, like it would be. You gotta admit, it'd be kind of funny to just mess with people in the bathroom. I mean, yeah, but. Rather than I don't like know. sitting on the couch eating dinner, or whatever. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I was just thinking I, I might haunt a bathroom one day. Who knows? You should do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay, I'm doing it now. Are you ready? Do it. Do okay. it. It's a lot. I apologize for the poor writing quality. This is the first time since 2019 that I have written all of this down. I hope it interests you. 
The story is real and it is my personal experience. Names have been changed. I joined the army in 1990 and got out in 1998 when I hit my midlife crisis. I joined the National Guard and then a few, more than a few years later after joining the Guard, I was voluntold that I was getting reassigned to a medical unit that was deploying to the Middle East. In January 2019, I reported to my new unit and learned that in addition to deploying at the end of the year, I would have to go through an NTC rotation with the unit. What a joy. NTC. For those who don't know, the National Training Center NTC is in the middle of the California desert. It is one of the most challenging training events the Army has, and it is as close to hell as we can get out on this ball of dirt, or so I think anyway. Skipping ahead, our rotation at NTC was scheduled to back up to our deployment, meaning we had to deploy our equipment from Fort Irwin instead of shipping it home. So after after 30 days in the desert, I got to watch my unit load up on buses and head home for a month while I got to stay at Fort Irwin and deal with packing, custom inspections, and inventories. Out of around 5,000 guardsmen that made up the force deploying around 300 of us that had to stay behind. Because units don't typically have to deploy, Fort Irwin struggled to find a place for us to stay. The national unit locations were needed for the next unit that was coming in due to some, or sorry, let me rewind, in to do some training in the desert. And the National Guard barracks on the post were needed for California guardsmen who were doing their two weeks annual training that summer. So after moving around a bit, we landed in what is known as augmentee. Augmentee. Billeting. 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 Thank you. This is where units that come in not to train but to assist the post full-time opposition force stay. Lucky for us, there were no arguments needed for the upcoming training, so we got to use these barracks for three weeks. This is where my story begins. <laughs> it's now it's starting? Yes. All right, folks, strap in. <laughs> I, it's so scary. Anyways, the work we needed to do was long and hard, but after two weeks, most of the heavy lifting was done, and we started to enjoy some downtime. This coincided with our move to Augmentee Housing... When we first moved, the housing manager, a civilian, walked the senior leaders through the 12 buildings we were to occupy and the bathrooms we were allowed to use. The setup was typical for Army short-term housing. Each building had two sides with bunk beds from front to back. The 12 buildings were occupied along with some others that were arranged in a square with large bathrooms and open shelters for a meeting eating, etc. In the area behind the buildings, each unit had its buildings, and my unit had the one that was farthest from the assigned male bathroom. This was odd because directly behind our building was a male bathroom, but it was locked, and it was not on the list to be assigned to us. Being older, I asked the housing manager if we could get that one assigned as well. Being older, I must use the facilities more often, and I did not want half or want to have to walk across the pad. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> that just did not make sense. Want to walk across the pad to the one male bathroom we had. He said, unfortunate that one is not available, which I took to mean it had maintenance issues. Just my luck. 
Fast forward a few days and I was coming back from dinner with my team in Barstow, California. Barstow. Barstow, California. Yeah. It was late and when we arrived, there was an MP military police car parked in front of the building next to ours. Being sensitive to issues with the National Guard and the active duty, I decided to walk to the smoking area behind the building with the MP to see if I could find out who I'd messed up and what we could do to avoid paperwork. When I got to the end of the building and started to started to the smoking pit, sorry, I'm having such a hard time <laughs> I'm stressed. It freaks me out because I know it's about to get really spooky. Anyways, I swear I heard a scream and running water from the locked bathroom. However, I also saw one of our senior females talking to an MP at the smoking pit while I looked at the bathroom. And as I walked by, I was more interested in finding out what was up with the MP. When I reached the female NCO, I knew she immediately said, you heard that, right? I said, heard what? The scream? Yes. She said, it's been going on for half an hour. Looks like someone broke into the bathroom and is tearing up the place. Great, I thought. Someone got drunk and is going to get arrested. Please don't let it be one of my guys. I turned to the MP and introduced myself. I asked if she had been into the bathroom yet and if she had any idea who was inside. She kind of laughed and said, no, both both doors still have their locks. So I'm waiting for my NCO IC to get here with the key. About that time, two additional MPs arrived and one said, let's get this over with. And they all started towards the bathroom, which, fuck no, if the locks are still on, they're screaming and water inside. Is that not terrifying to you? I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't immediately think it's like something crazy, paranormal. How would they get inside, though? I don't know. If they got in through the ceiling or... Like, through the roof. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what this building looks like, necessarily. I don't know either. No idea. Anyways. <laughs> I can see where it's headed, though, I think. Yeah. It's going to be, like, empty. I'm not going to tell you. you got to <laughs> just keep listening. Okay. Quit getting ahead of yourself. The senior MP turned to me and said, Sir, do you, ha- do you and the sergeant mind going to wait at the other door? I said, we're not equipped to deal with some drunk, that's your job. And he laughed and said, no worries, I don't think anyone will come out that side. More precaution, if you don't mind. Satisfied, I walked to the sidewalk so I could see so I could see the back door. The noise from the bathroom was getting worse. It was, it was clear that all of the showers were on from the steam and you could hear toilets flushing and what I assume was stall doors banging. Mmm, scary. It's, I guess it's a lot bigger bathroom than what I was assuming, too. I mean, yeah. Like, imagine, like, almost like a dorm bathroom, I'm yeah. assuming. Like, with lots of showers, lots of toilets. The MP gave me a thumbs up, and they went to unlock the padlock on the door. Suddenly, and I presumed when they opened the door, all of the noise stopped. All we could hear was the water running, and then the MPs giving the military police yell as they entered. Shortly after that... We could hear them yelling clear as they moved down the building and cleared areas. When they got to the end of the building, I was on. They started turning off the showers and moving back towards the other door. 
I went to the front door waiting to see who they brought out, and as I came out, the senior guy told his subordinates to make sure power was off and lock up. He asked me and Prylor, the master sergeant who had originally called in the disturbance, to walk with him. When we go back to the smoking area, he said we didn't find anyone inside. I was indignant. Is that how you say that? It's probably indignant. Indignant. Sorry. But I don't know. It's not spelled right. It's okay. Anyways, clearly someone had been in the bathroom, and I said that was implausible. He held his hands up. See, I think that's supposed to be impossible. Impossible? Okay. Okay. It's spelled differently as well. But (laughs) impossible. (laughs) He held his hands up and said, Sir, this is not the first time this has happened. Every few months, we get calls that someone is messing around over here. We get here, we search, and clear the building and find nothing but running showers. And if the bathroom has supplies, they will be thrown all over. But we never find anyone inside. I don't have an explanation for it, but from what I understand, this has been going on for years. There is a standing order that no MP go into that bathroom alone, and at least one of the MPs doing a search must be male. What the F, I said? Why is that? He said he was not sure, but from what he had heard, a female MP had gone or had unexplained injuries when she searched the bathroom alone. In my mind, I said, this is bullshit. Just the active army messing with a guard again. The MPs left and MSG Pryler and I talked for a bit. She was originally from Louisiana, joined the NC Guard when she got out of the army at Fort Bragg. And I told her I thought this was a bullshit prank by the MPs. She was not so sure. She said that she thought it was supernatural, and I was not convinced. Three additional times during our stay, people reported hearing noises, screaming, and running water from that building. Each time, the response was the same. Three MPs would search a building and find no one. When it came time... To clear the building, I asked the housing manager for a moment when we were done. He looked at me and said, you have questions about the bathroom, right? Well, yes, I said. He looked at me and said, I need a cigarette. Walk with me to my truck. This is what he told me. It's about to get real. You know when the (laughs) dude needs a cigarette just to like, I don't know, let it out. Yeah. He's about to lay something on him. (laughs) Definitely. This is what he told me. A soldier who was doing an argumentation, augmentation, sorry, augmentation from Fort Hood, trigger warning, committed suicide in that bathroom. Sadly, this is not uncommon. Soldier suicide is at an all-time high. After his death, the housing team started getting reports of issues in the bathroom. The first incidents were with the stall door, the one where the soldier died, soldier died which would not stay on its hinges they would get calls nearly daily that the door had fallen off only to find it undamaged and laying on the floor then during the period of no units using the building they would come to open it only to find the door off and on the floor with the showers running even when no one was using that building so Either weird shit's going on or someone is, like, really going out of their way. Mm. Which, like, that would be hard to do in that setting, I feel like. 
You can't even like it's locked. Well, that's what the I'm saying. The only people that like, have the keys are like the MPs. That's what I. But even then, like I feel like if someone who had the key like and wanted to like screw with everybody, like even then, like everybody's on a very tight schedule. I just don't think it would be possible. Anyways. A few, a few years later, he said the MP started getting calls. Some were screams and yelling in the bathroom. Some were people being punched while showering, etc. In 2012, the building maintenance team and the MPs decided to leave the building locked. While it took one bathroom away, it was not worth the constant hassle of dealing with the calls. That's when the someone is trashing the bathroom call started. Early on, MPs would get the key and search a building, turn off the showers, and lock it back up. However, one night, a female MP got the call. She arrived, went in, and was beaten somewhat badly. After a long investigation, no one was ever charged with her assault. The MP herself said she did not see her attacker, but that the punches had come from all directions. Fucking scary shit. This is when the unofficial policy of three MPs and at least one male on the team started. He looked at me and said, sir, I don't believe in spooks and stuff, but whatever is in there, it scares me. And I'll be honest, whatever is in there scares me too. That is scary. Right? That one is very freaky. Very freaky. I think they probably just need to like cement those pipes and take the building down. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, way to go, you slash accomplish underscore add 2599. Really liked that. It was very scary. Very much so freaked me out. I would rather shit my pants here than shit in that bathroom, I think. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, just the idea of getting punched and not being able to see who's attacking you. What do you do? Do you start, like, just throwing random punches? I know, that's what I'm saying. Like, no, thank you. I don't know. Obviously, you just run. Yeah. It's just scary. Maybe. You might just freeze, because you might trip. What if they trip you? Yeah, I don't... mm -mm. And then smack, you're down and out. Down for the count. Are you ready for story number two? I think so. Is it only like getting scarier as we go on? I mean, I don't really remember this one, but Uh, there is a couple of them that like really did kind of freak me out, honestly. But I don't know. The first one was pretty scary too. But anyways, this second story is from r slash ghost stories as well, and it is user... J R G eight three, but it's J Y A R E G E E eight three. Are you ready? I I am. Okay. A few years back, around November, my wife and I are sitting opposite of each other in our living room having a conversation. On the ground between between us, the dog had left one of his toys on the floor from and from my peripheral. I suddenly saw the toy lift up slightly off of the ground and then fall a few inches away, as if somebody had kicked it. My wife stopped mid-conversation and asked if I had seen the same thing. 
We talked about it for a bit and then she stopped mid-sentence again and told me that she had seen a person's shadow in our kitchen. That is right off the bat already just kind of weird. Right? Really weird, actually. Fuck no. At the moment, we heard our dog growling viciously from the hallway, looking into the kitchen. His shoulders were tense and he was... Is it bearing or barring? Bearing. Bearing. Bearing his teeth. Yeah, Sorry. See, that's like even worse. Yeah. When a dog's like freaking out, that yeah. freaks me out. Animals, I feel like, definitely know more than we do. Heightened senses. Yeah. I quickly jumped up and ran into the kitchen to investigate the dog at my heels, but it was empty. We no longer live in that house, but this was just one of many experiences that we had. And then. They were asked to share another one, so I'm going to read the other one that they shared. Okay. Now, the house that we experienced all of our oddities in was built in the early 1960s. Dang, that's like our house. I know. (laughs) We moved into it around 2009, and after we had our daughter. One particular night, we had just finished getting her to fall asleep, and we went to go lay her down in her room. At the time, our daughter was a toddler, and I was putting her down into my, or into, sorry, into her bed, and my wife noticed that she had left a toy guitar leaning against the wall. She took the guitar and placed it on the opposite side of the room, laying flat on its back. We didn't want to accidentally fall over and, like, wake her up, obviously. So afterwards, we came back to the living room to watch some television. After a few minutes went by, my wife suddenly leaned forward and asked if I had just heard the same thing. Confused, I paused the show we were watching, and the moment I the moment I did that, we could both hear, as clear as day, the sound of the toy guitar being strummed in our daughter's room. I immediately jumped out of my seat and raced over to, to her room to see what was making that sound. We both knew that she was asleep, and I wanted to see if I could catch anything spooky happening. However, as soon as I entered the room, the strumming stopped. And then when I turned on the lights to see nothing was out of the ordinary, our daughter was still knocked out, and the toy guitar was exactly where we left it. Man. (laughs) That's a freaky. So you know, like, it's in the room with your kid. Mm Mm-hmm. But Scary maybe this shit. is playing it a nighttime lullaby, you know? <laughs> that would help me sleep at night. I guess. I'll justify that. <laughs> I guess. Are you ready for story number three? Give it to me. Okay. This is by user cat slash r slash dope love the username cats are pretty dope yes they are yes they are this experience taught me that not all ghost experiences are scary or negative i've always had a feeling that i can sense the presence of someone and their vibe without them having to say a word or make known that they are there didn't know this was to do with people who aren't around either My dad likes to rent out a different cottage every fall for our whole family to go on a small vacation. A few years ago, we went four hours up north like usual and stayed at a bungalow-style cottage by a river. My family's pretty big, so I agreed to sleep on the lower floor on a couch. I had the whole floor to myself, so I wasn't complaining, 
Besides, I stayed up most nights longer than the rest of my family, so I wouldn't be disturbing anyone there. This might sound... Sorry. Oh my god. This might sound completely strange for some to read, but this space had a very home-like feel to it, and I felt warm and taken care of. Anyway, I was up multiple nights like usual, probably texting my then-boyfriend, and I found myself looking over my screen multiple times, thinking someone has come down the stairs, but there wasn't anyone. Going to the shower, I felt shy as if someone was looking at me. One morning, everyone had gone outside of the house and they were waiting on me to finish getting ready as usual. Side note, I talked to myself a lot and this wasn't any different. I was in front of the mirror and I had been talking about my outfit when the lights above the mirror turned on. I was so invested in the conversation with myself that it took me a moment to realize what had just happened. The lights just turned on, I said out loud. I weirdly wasn't freaked out, I just turned them off and left. Fast forward the last morning there, we had sat down for breakfast as a family, and my parents broke the news of their discovery. The first day we arrived, my parents noticed an urn with a female's name on the fireplace just set up or just set away from where I was sleeping. I was shocked. We didn't want to freak you out. You didn't even know what it was. I proceeded to tell them about everything I had experienced, and it all sort of made sense. I honestly wasn't freaked out. I was just shocked at the way things kind of just made sense. Some of the ladies suggested they thought the cottage was once privately owned by a couple, but the wife passed away. My grandma, who loves her little cat figurines, says she could tell by the dust that had accumulated on the fine china and animal figurines that decorated the place. If someone collects such pretty pieces, why would they leave them so dusty? I asked my dad why they leave it here and like since they're renting out the cottage and he said it might be because this was her home and the family didn't want to take her out of it. I got to talking about this with my dad and he told me he has a similar type of sense and so does my grandmother. That whole side of my family has a deep history of being spiritualistic. So maybe, just maybe, I felt this woman's presence, someone who loved her home and took such care of it and decided to stay. Did you like that one? Yeah. I liked that one. I thought it was a nice little Those happy one. Those are the kind of ghosts you look for when you go and like stay at a haunted Airbnb or something. Yeah. I think Mackenzie had like a ghost encounter in her apartment when I was younger, like, but she was like living by herself. And I think she kind of felt like it wasn't scary ghosts. Because, I mean, she didn't, like, freak out. She literally, like, said she turned, like, she woke up in bed. And there was just, like, this white figure looking at her. Which, that would fucking scare me. But whatever. She just said, I rolled over and I went back to sleep. See, but that's the thing. Like, if you can, like, feel good energy. Yeah, that's true. It might be different. Yeah. But in, like, that one, it's almost like Super 8 Motel, like, we'll leave the light on for you. Just, it wouldn't do anything bad. Yeah, just turn the light on. And she said she had, like, a warm and good feeling the whole time. Yeah, just, so. like, hyping her up, turning the light on, like, hook yourself. Girl. Slay a queen. Or they, he, boy. Yeah, you can still be a queen. I mean, yeah, I just didn't, I didn't want to assume their gender. I said girl. Oh. Guy. 
they, them, all of the peoples. Slay. Slay. The ghost said slay. It's your day. Period. Period. <laughs> Morgan, shout out to you, queen. <laughs> Anyways, we'll get into the next one. <laughs> Okay, are you ready? I'm ready. This one's really freaky. Let's hear it. Hmm. Okay. This is what I've been waiting on. <laughs> this is the same Reddit thread, r slash ghost stories, and this is by the user remarkable underscore seaweed six to five. This is part one. I work at a funeral home and I have been in this field for four years now. A young man in his early twenties and I believe in God. And for this story, regardless of whether or not you do, you need to try and put yourself into the mindset of a small Christian, a small town Christian funeral director. Sorry, had a stroke. We had somebody who passed from taking their own life. In the final moments, the guy must have tried to fight it and dragged the rope up even with the corners of his mouth before his neck gave out. It left very contorted rope burns and drew his face out into an almost joker smile. When we got his body, from the very moment we received him into our care, things started to happen. First, my coworker who embalmed him, her phone would randomly die. But when she left the room he was in and went to plug her phone in, it would just start right back up again. She would go back to embalming him and it would die again out of nowhere. Next was my associate, L, who... Or, sorry, when she was doing his makeup, she would start getting splitting headaches. This went on for about an hour, and after her struggle to do his makeup and fix his twisted rope burn smile of a mouth, but every single time that she started to do his makeup again, the headaches would return, and she, like, would do this, and she basically just had to leave because she got, like, sick. So, like, I don't know, he just... Apparently was unhappy. Something was going on. He said, I'm going to fuck with your Facebook and I'm going to... Your Facebook? Yeah. Make your head hurt. You got to leave. Yeah. I'm not done yet. It gets gets worse. I, I bet. Now, at this point, I was weirded out and maybe even a little creeped out by the deceased bodily expressions, but not scared yet. I know when someone takes our life or takes her own life, they don't go to heaven. And I have heard from old men who work at the funeral home in their 80s that they have seen or heard things of people who try and skip judgment and are forced to walk this earth for eternity at their punishment. I honestly hadn't paid it much thought as I wasn't sure they were just trying to like screw with me, the young man like new to their profession and the events of the next night are what truly worried me the most so part two are you ready i'm ready so freaky i don't want to read it i'm scared the next day was kind of uneventful if i remember correctly i was out of town on a funeral so nothing really happened just standard everyday work things but later that night creepy shit happened being the youngest person at work by almost 25 years in comparison to my coworkers, I was forced to stay late and set up the people for the next day's viewings and funerals. 
we had an old lift in the back of the building which is essentially a freight elevator which runs up and down three floor three floors and brings people in their caskets from the embalming lab in the basement up to the main floor for services or the top floor into the showroom i moved the first woman no problem and set her up and it was late in the evening so it was dark outside and after i finished in a room i would shut the doors and turn the lights off I walked back to the freight elevator and took it all the way down to get the gentleman who hung himself and bring him upstairs to set up for his funeral the next morning. We aren't supposed to ride the freight elevator, but oh well, I was tired. I moved his casket onto the lift, brought him to the main floor, and wheeled him into the chapel. He was being seen in eventually. I flicked on all of the lights, opened up the lid to his casket, and got the biggest scare of my life to this day. His freaking face was still all contorted and this weird dead rope burn smile on the sides of his cheeks connected to the corners of his mouth. But I know that we finished his makeup, sewed his mouth shut, and glued his lips together. <laughs> I'm imagining just like a ventriloquist dummy like smile. Yeah. Very, very scary. I was so completely unnerved that I left the room immediately, shut the doors behind me, and turned the lights off. I ran downstairs to our office area, thinking one of the ladies I work with pranked me, but I was there alone. I can't exactly remember what I did next, but I think I ate a snack and tried to calm myself down. Me too. I was gonna say. <laughs> I, I would do that too. After all, I work around dead bodies every day. I can't just start getting freaked out. I tried to rationalize it, chalk it up to bad makeup or bad glue. Before we leave at the end of each day, the last person has to shut off the lights and lock all of the doors. Otherwise, I would get a shackling from the owners. So reluctantly, I went back upstairs. As I climbed the staircase to go upstairs, I can see the lights or see lights are on under the door of the chapel that this man was in. I didn't really think twice about it, honestly. I did the thing some of us did when we were kids, turning off the lights in the basement. I ran, not looking behind me, to the front door, locked it, hit the lights, and ran back as quickly as possible. But right as I'm about to climb back downstairs, I see in the dark hallway the luminescence of the lights on in his chapel again under the freaking door. At this point, I was getting, er, it was getting really late into the evening. I was freaked out and tired beyond belief. I started praying aloud to myself, used my phone light to further light up my path, and I ran full force to the light switch where all of, or the light switch, which all are on one central spot in the center of the funeral home's main floor. Sorry, I could not like figure that out. I don't remember if I looked back to see if the lights turned off when I flipped the switch, but I remember flipping them all frantically on, then off like 10 times, made sure they were all off, started running back down the main hall to the stairwell to our offices in the basement so I can grab my things and leave. The second I hit the stairwell and started going down, I got an, 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 oh, fuck, an uneasy feeling. Almost like a chill, but also like the cold night air when you go outside after midnight and everything is covered in dew and the air is moist. The hairs on my neck were standing up. I know because I will never forget this last part. 
and went down to the offices in the basement, grabbed my truck keys and my hat, and all of a sudden I heard two thuds. Not overly loud, not horror movie close to me, but in the distance back up the stairs, I heard two thuds. I didn't turn around, I didn't investigate, I left, ran up the two flights of stairs, out of the back door, hopped right into my truck in the back parking lot, and as I left, as I started my truck, I saw the light on in the chapel through the back windows of my truck. We have curtains over the windows so you can't see through, but they are kind of thin so you can make out shapes slash light through it. The only light on was in the back of the chapel over the guy's casket where I laid him out for his services the next morning. The lights right above him were on. No other lights. I floored it out of there. I only live around three minutes from the funeral home. Small town America after all. But I prayed aloud. Sorry. But I prayed aloud practically screaming it in my truck. Drove the whole way home. Blew through the only light between the funeral home and my house to get home as quickly as possible. I was so scared. I wouldn't look in my rearview mirror or anywhere else but directly in front of me until I got home safely in my bedroom. If people don't believe it, I don't care. I don't even know if I believe what I saw. Maybe it was all in my head. Maybe I was just overly tired, but I will never forget what I saw and heard. It is the single most scary thing that I have ever experienced. Genuinely made me consider changing professions. I've never typed this out before, and just reliving these memories gives me chills. You can post this wherever or do whatever you or whatever you want or whatever thread you do think deserves to see it. I don't care. I will leave you with this last thought. My 82-year-old co-worker named Blue has a saying. He told it to me around the time I started. He tells everyone the same thing, but first understand he didn't start the saying. He learned it from his father and his father before him who worked in this field since 1899. When you close about at the end of the night, collected all of the garbage and turned off the lights. Make sure not to look into the mirrors for too long. The longer you look into the mirrors here at a place like this, the longer something will be looking back at you. (sighs) Creepy, huh? That one did give me goosebumps. It's fucking scary, right? Like, mmm. Maybe that guy, he must have just been, you know, like, scared of the dark. Like, he didn't want to be left in the dark overnight. Maybe. I don't know. But that is terrifying. And now it's just the light right above him. Yeah. What do you think the thuds were? I don't know. Was he, like, getting up? think it's, like, the body? That's what I'm saying. Getting up and turning on the light? I don't fucking know. It was just so scary. I hated it. One thud him jumping out of the casket, one thud him jumping back in. Maybe. I don't know. Freaked me out reading that though. Very scary. Very scary. Yeah, I don't blame that guy for being scared. Definitely not. No. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We'll move on. Okay, so this is going to be the last story. Are you excited? I'm excited. 
Well, last one was a good one, huh? I'm still shaking. <laughs> Did you shit yourself? Oh my god! Did you shit yourself yet? No, I'm turtling though. <laughs> oh my god! I'm so sorry, everyone. If you don't like poop talk, well, Creighton they, is the expert at that. If I'm like barely holding it in, there's no way they've held it in. Oh this my far. god! Stop. Anyways, <laughs> this is the same thread. But this is by user sunbun93. So. Sunbun. Sunbun. Sun on your buns. <laughs> I've told this story on here before. Stayed a night alone at a relative's house when I was in high school. From the moment I got there that night, I had a very uneasy feeling, despite having spent a lot of time in that home before and never feeling uncomfortable. Convinced myself I was just being paranoid, took a couple of Benadryl and slept through the night. The next morning, I was getting ready for school in the bathroom, and the door leading to the hallway was directly to my left. All of a sudden, the door at the bathroom, or at the bottom of the stairs, slammed. I heard something pounding up the stairs, covered a very steep set of stairs in four or five steps. So, fucking scary. Running across the living room to the bathroom door, it stopped immediately outside of the door and fucking giggled. The weirdest sounding giggle I've ever heard. Then it ran back wherever it came from. I dashed through the bedroom to my right and out of the house faster than I thought possible. The house is at the end of a narrow country road lined with three other houses, all owned by super nosy family members who called my parents or grandparents the moment anyone drove up to the house. I didn't see anyone and neither neither did they. It is impossible for a person to have been in the house with me. My parents in inherited the house and moved into it a couple years later. I've stayed with them a lot and never got that same uneasy feelings as I did before. Isn't that fucking scary? That is crazy. Could you imagine, the like, giggle. hearing, like, a door slam and then somebody pounding up the stairs and then... A fucking giggle. <sighs> that would freak me out. Yeah. That would freak me out so bad. So, so, so bad. Mm-mm. You start, like, nervously laughing with this. <laughs> no, I would cry. <laughs> Immediate tears. <laughs> okay, so they continue on. The part I haven't told on here yet was last year I was sitting in their living room. My dad and I were the only ones home and he was sitting in front of me across the living room, half talking to me and half watching TV. Where I was sitting, the back of the couch was against the banister to the stairs and I was sat sort of in a corner with my back mostly on the arm. All of a sudden, I felt a hand very firmly run up my back. I jumped up so quickly and my dad just looked at me as if I had just lost my mind. So no un uneasy feeling or anything, just weird as heck. No uneasy feeling? That would scare the shit out of uh, me. I don't know, I'm thinking like no like tingly, like sixth sense uneasy feeling. Maybe, I don't... But like, that's like literally like physically happening, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's scary, but you, there's no it's one there. It's not like you're like sensing that there's something there. Yeah, I don't know bonus story that I think is creepier than my own. When my husband was a freshman in college, he went to stay at a friend's family home. It was a huge home that had been passed down from generation to generation. 
he slept in a guest room upstairs that he knew used to be one of his friend's childhood bedrooms. DH was completely having, or what? Sorry, that made no sense. (laughs) DH was having trouble sleeping when he heard footsteps coming to his door. He watched the door, assuming his friend was going to come in, and said he watched the door hanger that was on the doorknob lift up and fall to the ground. He was a skeptic, figured a breeze or something, and went to sleep. He was awoken by something pushing him down into the bed. Braver than I could ever be, he jumped out of bed and turned the lights on, grabbed what he needed, and slept the rest of the night in the living quarters house trailer, which, huh, could you imagine? Horse trailer. Yeah. You said house trailer. House trailer? It's horse trailer. Horse trailer. Sorry, it says horse trailer, you're right. That's okay. But, yeah. When slept with the horses. Could you imagine getting, like, shoved into your bed? That would scare me. Yeah. Over breakfast, his friends and friend's mom laughed at the story and then explained that the house was hella haunted. The room DH slept in was not only his friend's childhood bedroom, but had been used as a childhood bedroom slash nursery for generations. For generations, mothers and the family would tell tales about checking on their sleeping children only to see ghosts watching over them. Uh. <sighs> right? His friend's mom said, I would go check on him and his sister, and there would be a white figure standing between their beds like it was looking down on them. I would just think, okay, it's watching out for them, so I don't need to. And I would go back downstairs. All right, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, this ghost's got it. I f- don't know what I would do. I'd Free probably nanny. send you in. In home nanny. <laughs> she said that in front of me, and my jaw was on the floor. I went into that house once just to use the bathroom and heard phantom voices in the next room. Noped out of there immediately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's the end of it. So wild shit huh yeah very crazy Mm -hmm. Uh, we should go we need to see if we can go find some of these places oh my god no yeah i'm like genuinely afraid of that kind of stuff remember when we first moved into our house the first night that we stayed here that scared me and i still don't even know what happened i don't know i it is scary, but it is also intriguing to me. <laughs> Let me just tell them, I guess. Let me know if you think this was a ghost. I got up the first night that we were staying here. All the lights were off when I got out of the bed, except for our bedroom light. I get out. I go into the hallway, and I turn on the hall light and then the bathroom light. I go to the bathroom. I go out of the bathroom, turn off the light switch to the bathroom while I'm leaving, And then I also turn off the hall light. And then I go back into the bedroom and like we hear like something. I don't know what it was because the dogs were like in the room with us. And they, it was when we didn't have Olive. And I remember Justin and Maggie like both stared at the door like they heard something too. And I opened the door because Creighton didn't get up. I don't know why. Pussy. <laughs> but anyway, I don't remember this. I get up and I open the door, and what do you know? The bathroom light is on, and I was like, "What the fuck? Was it the the fan too?" 
I think so. I think it was like the light and the fan. And I was like, literally, I did not do that. It's very scary. And like, I don't know, our spare bedroom has kind of a wonky latch. But there are some times when I know there's not airflow. Like we, we don't have an AC right now. And I was cleaning the spare bedroom not that long ago. And I was in there like with the door shut and like the AC was not on. And the door just like slowly creeped open. And I was like, okay. So I don't know. I really don't know. Hopefully that's not the case for us because that is upsetting and scary. But yeah, that's all I have for you. I hope you had fun. Did you have fun? I had fun. I'm glad. It was a good time. I'm glad that I don't need to change my pants. What? They're your pants, but... Why would you need to change your pants? Because I wasn't scared shitless. Oh. I was like, wait, what are we <laughs> talking about? Um, We made it through. Yeah. Look at us go. Way to go, husband, Korean. Should I tell them my social medias? Did you not already? No. Yeah, then go for it. Facebook, go. Uh, the Not So Grateful Dead podcast with Grayson Decker. Nice. Instagram, go. The Not So Grateful Dead underscore podcast. What's next? Uh, website, the Not So Grateful Dead dot podbean dot com. Nice. Email? The Not So Grateful Dead pod at gmail dot com. And what do you want to find there? And TikTok as well. Okay. The Not So Grateful Dead pod. What do they want to find there? What do you want to find there? What do I want to find there? In your email. Honestly, whatever. I love to talk. But if you want to send me case recommendations, that would be really cool. Because I want to cover like what y'all want to hear, obviously. And... Obviously, questions about cases. Yeah, if you have any cases questions. Cases you've already done. Yeah, cases that I've already covered. If you have anything to add. We or, would love to go even deeper. Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess it is still like open the chance to enter for the spooky basket on my Instagram or Facebook. So go like that post, it's comment fine. on that post, and follow the Instagram or Facebook for a chance to receive a cool spooky basket. I will be drawing on actual Halloween. I'm gonna win it. You, I don't know. No, you're not. That's unfair. Nobody else, you don't even want to, because I'm going to enter like a million times. Oh, okay. Can I enter a million times? No, you can't enter oh, more shit. than once. Well, I guess that just like evens the playing field. Yeah. Even so everybody, you do, win, you do have a chance. If you do win, I'm not going to let you. <laughs> it's <laughs> not fair. But anyways, uh, yeah, that's about it for this fun episode number two of our halloween special this game is rigged thank you husband creighton for being here today to listen to my spooky scary stories thank you it was and fun. thank you all of the reddit people for those spooky scary stories for sure please like do something about that because it's scary <laughs> i wouldn't want to be dealing or with that don't. like i said free babysitter i would not see it as a free babysitter I'd be like, they're trying to take my kid's soul. You guys, like, keeping you from falling out of bed at night? 
Yeah, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but whatever. All right. Well, I think that's about it for episode number two. I'll see you tomorrow for episode number three of this lovely Halloween special. I hope you had fun. We had fun. I think that's about it. You ready to say bye? Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.